Welcome to another episode of the Heartship Journey Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm your host, Andrea Mauser, a mindset and personal growth coach and creator of Choose Your Journey. We all endure hardship in some form in our life. It's those very things we go through, we grow through. My guest today is Beth Schlarman, who shares about living with reflux sympathetic dystrophy, a nerve disease in which she deals with chronic pain. Because of the severity of this physically painful disease, it's also known as the suicide disease because approximately 20 to 25% of those with this disease commit suicide because they're just unable to handle the pain. Beth shares some real honesty about what the last 15 years of living with disease has resulted in her mental, physical, and social experiences. What left me in such awe was her attitude in choosing joy every day she wakes up. You are sure to be inspired from listening to Beth's episode today. Thank you so much for listening to the Hardship Journey Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Heartship Journey. I am so honored to have Beth Schlarman with us today. Beth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And Beth, we're going to hear more about your health, specific to what's called reflux sympathetic dystrophy. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Which is a chronic pain nerve disease. Yes. Okay. Would you just take a moment and just share a little bit about who you are and where you're from? Sure. Um, I am Beth Schlarman. I'm married to Steve. Uh, we live outside of Worthington and uh, we farm, have two sons, Brett and Michael. And um, we've been married for 30 years this year. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Uh I went to school in Ames. That's where Steve and I met, uh, but I'm originally from Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. And, um, still have a lot of family there. So did you come to Iowa because of schooling? Was that your interest? My dad uh, is a college professor and that's what brought us to Iowa. Okay. Interesting. Wow. I didn't know about that about you. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. So can you share a little bit more about what, were you, were you born with this or did it come about? Uh, this came about, uh, I was in my last year of college at Loris. Um, my husband and I met down in Ames going to school. He was at Iowa State. And um, so I took a little break from school and had some babies and uh, waited till the kids were in school. And then I went back to college. And my last uh, semester at Loris, I um, came home from school one day and I was home about 45 minutes before my kids. And I wish I had a really good story to tell, but I don't. <laughs> I went to sit down in our recliner and I just, I had this 45 minutes to myself. So I flopped down into this recliner. I was just going to rest and relax. And the foot part of the recliner wasn't latched and it sprung open and it flipped the whole chair over. And I had an exercise bike behind that chair and so, you know, exercise kills. So I, no, um, I, uh, wound up breaking my neck. Oh, oh my gosh. And, uh, I, uh, went through all sorts of every type of therapy and shots and things that you could think of to go through. And eventually I wound up having to have surgery. Um, the surgery worked great. I was up and walking and moving and everything within just hours of having surgery. It was fantastic. And then about two or three days later, um, my left arm from the back of my neck into my shoulder, down into my fingertips, all the way down my left arm, just started swelling up about three times normal. And it was turning a purplish, like a big bruise through the whole arm, but it was like mottled 
Um, and it uh, was so painful and it was so ice cold to the touch, but then it was also like, it had a sheen of sweat over it. It was very strange. And um, so I called my doctor and he said, well, come on down. And when they did the surgery on me, they put um, cadaver tissue in. And so we thought, well, maybe I'm, you know, uh, rejecting that that's rare, but um, so we tried several different things and nothing was coming out to make sense. And so he sent me on to um, another doctor and I went to many doctors and specialists and tests and all sorts of things for about nine months until I was diagnosed, um, which is very difficult. I uh, started seeing doctors that would say, well, I don't know what it is, so it must all be in your head. Wow. And at first I was very angry. And then I started kind of questioning myself. You know, you hear that from a few doctors and these guys are supposed to be the professionals that, you know, is it in my head? And am I creating this arm swelling up and all this pain? And, you know, I just, I didn't know. Luckily, my husband 100% never doubted. He was with me from the first minute on, he was there to support me. And uh, he never doubted a thing. And that is a huge blessing in and of itself. Um, so eventually, uh, I wound up in Iowa City uh, at the pain clinic. And they knew what this was. <laughs> wow. And um, apparently, uh, reflex sympathetic dystrophy, it's also called RSD. Um, and then it has another name, um, complex regional pain syndrome, which CRIPS is the acronym. So um, this doctor told me that this was what I had. And I had a sheet of paper that listed, if you have this, you might have this, 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 and this. As I was reading it, I just burst into tears because it was like finally an answer. Wow. And uh, I've wow. got to say, I really think that day, if they had told me, you're going to die in two days, but this is what you have, I would have been satisfied. Wow. Just the trauma in and of itself of going from doctor to doctor and specialist to specialist and not knowing what it was, was one of the worst things I've ever gone through. It is um, an incredibly physically painful disease. It's actually the most painful disease that they know of. Uh, it's, it's got a nickname called the suicide disease uh, because 20, 25% of people with it wind up committing suicide because they just can't handle living in pain anymore. Oh, and uh, it's difficult. You know, I, I waited nine months to find my, find out what I was I had, but there are people that have waited 15, 20 years not knowing what they've had. Um, this disease has actually been around since the Civil War. Um, back then, I think they called it hand and foot disease or something like that. It's had several different names over the years, um, but they never knew why people got it or how to cure it. And to this day, there is no cure. Um, and what works for one patient doesn't work for the next one. Um, so doctors that I've talked to have said, they kind of try a throw a bunch of uh, stuff against the wall and see what sticks. That's the best they can try with uh, 
medicines and therapies, um, anything anybody has ever suggested to me, I have tried in some way, shape or form, whether that was, uh, you know, physical therapy, um, all, all sorts of different therapies like that, light therapy, uh, goodness, essential oils and all sorts of different medications and um, magnets and I mean, you name it, anything that anybody's thrown out there. Um, I've, I've changed my diet to try to see if that affects things. I, uh, you know, all, all sorts of things. I can't even, <laughs> I can't even begin to imagine what the list is, mm -hmm. but uh, I've had this now for, I think I'm going on 15 years. And uh, so, like I said, I've tried a lot of things, uh, but I find while there's not a lot of things that help with the pain physically, the hardest part of this is the emotional, social, spiritual pain that comes in it. And uh, so I've connected with uh, some people around the country, around the world that have this. Um, I, I think I just read recently that there's like 300,000 people with it. So it's considered a rare disease. Um, there are doctors around the country that have knowledge of this. I mean, every time I've ever had to have any type of procedure done from teeth cleaning to surgeries to any, you know, they even say like piercing your ears, tattoos, things like that can um, actually make this worse and make it spread. And um, basically what it feels like is a, a constant burning pain, whether it's icy pain or fiery pain or a combination of both. Um, and then you have uh, like pins and needles or stabbing. And at the same time, you can also get like huge jolts of current, uh, of electric current. Um, and then there's um, sensitivity, a sensitivity to touch, to sound, to vibration. Now, not everybody gets all of these. Um, they get combinations of them. I I'm a lucky one that I get them all. Um, and, uh, I think the worst for me is vibration. So riding in a car, um, the music being too loud. Um, I don't know the last time I was able to stay at a wedding once the music started. Um, lots of things like that. Uh, sometimes it can just be, uh, kids running by laughing just that sound and that vibration from the sound. Um, so there are things that kind of come up with this disease that aren't necessarily RSD specific, like uh, anxiety. Now, I don't think that they would say RSD gives you anxiety but there are many people that have anxiety because of it when you're out in public and you're worried about a person walking by that they might touch you, that they might bump into you or the sounds or the vibrations. Um, so there are a lot of uh, other little things that pop up connected to this disease. Um, there is a thing called the McGill pain scale and uh, 
out of from one to 40, they list how painful different things are. Um, so like childbirth, cancers, uh, losing a limb. This disease is actually the most painful of all of those. Uh, it ranks at, I believe, a 38. Um, you do actually get used to the chronic pain. Um, certainly there are worse days than others. There are days that I, I can't physically get out of bed. Um, and, you know, to go to the bathroom, it's, you know, crawling and dragging myself to get there. But those are the more rare days. Um, it certainly affects uh, your social life. Um, but I, I also look at it as there are good things about that too. I am a much more take it easy, um, go with the flow. I, I used to be very, very organized and um, my vacuum cleaning lines had to be this, the right way, you know? <laughs> had, my kids had to dust a certain way. Um, I, so I, you know, my calendar was color coordinated. My closet was color coordinated, all of that kind of thing. And I've come to, to terms with all of that, that that's not what's important. And somebody will ask us, you know, hey, do you wanna do something Friday night? Well, I always have to have a caveat. Yes, I do, but I won't know until Friday. Um, and so we've had wonderful, wonderful friends and family that they get it. Um, certainly have lost friends throughout the process. Um, I had somebody say to me, they just don't like sickness and sick people. I said, okay, well, <laughs> you know, bless you. Good, good luck. <laughs> and hope nothing ever happens to you. Um, I don't ever wish a person on the planet, no matter how awful this person is, you know, if it's Hitler, I wouldn't want them to know what this disease is like. Uh, but it's nice to have people that can at least understand to their ability and that they try. And we're very, very blessed with amazing family and friends that uh, have gone above and beyond. And, you know, it, this is when you find out who your true friends are. And I am abundantly blessed. And um, I have to look at this and say, you know, there are really good things that have come out of it too. Um, my husband and I are closer than we ever were. Um, not that I didn't think we were close before, but uh, you know, when you say in sickness and in health, of course you mean it. But until it really happens, you don't know the depths of it. And, um, you know, God knew what he was doing when he gave me Steve Schleiman. <laughs> um, and then our, our boys, um, you know, half our married life, I've had this disease. So our kids have... Uh, through their later years have had to deal with this too. And um, I used to carry guilt about that, um, that, that Steve and the boys had to deal with this. 
but I'm finding now that uh, a lot of good things have happened in them as well. Um, our kids have learned how to be more empathetic and compassionate towards people that have things going on. Um, just today I was with my son, for example, and I went to step down off of a curb and he automatically stuck his arm out to, to make sure that I was okay stepping down off of there. And there was a little bit of ice and he wanted to make sure I was okay. Um, just simple little things, but uh, all of that has really built up to create some wonderful men. And I'm blessed to have an amazing husband and our sons are just uh, beautiful, wonderful people. And uh, I don't know how life would be different if I didn't have this. But I do know that there have been good things that have come out of it too. Um, my faith is deeper and stronger than it ever was. Um, I think I'm closer to family members. Uh, I, I guess I just was so quick to say yes, to do so many things that I stayed so incredibly busy that I kind of think I neglected some of those that were closest to me. And I don't have that option anymore. And luckily, um, my family wants to be with me. So <laughs> we get to spend a lot of time together and grow together. And um, my in-laws uh, live just across the road from us. They have been an incredible blessing. Um, everything from physically helping to, you know, mentally and emotionally, they uh, have really been a rock for us. And while my parents don't physically live as close, uh, they are just a phone call away and they've been wonderful. And my brothers and all of my in-laws. Uh, nieces and nephews, all of them, everybody just really steps up and uh, wants to be helpful and um, they understand when I can't do something. So that's really wonderful. Um, so I was telling you, I got this disease. Probably two years later, I had a surgical implant um, in my spine. And uh, It's, uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to think of the name of it, uh, spinal cord stimulator. And uh, it took, I think it was about a six hour surgery. And I was awake through the whole thing because they were literally knitting this into my spine. And, uh, I don't know how I could have made it through it without faith. Uh, that was probably the most difficult thing I've physically ever done. And um, I remember just trying to think of, you know, think of things to go through my head. And it just gets to the point where the pain is so bad that you can't even come up with true thoughts. So um, I learned how to meditate. <laughs> on uh on the operating table <laughs> but uh that has actually been a good thing for me to know over these years um this spinal cord stimulator helped me uh for a few months 
and something went wrong and I had to have a revision surgery. And um, that worked for not as good as the first one, but it worked for about 18 months that it helped out. And since then, it's just there and isn't useful at all. Um, but like I said, um, I'm willing to try anything. I, my doctor in Iowa City, that whole team actually, um, got a job at Cleveland Clinic and they, they left for that job, which is fantastic for them, but left me with, uh, without a, a doctor. And um, the person who kind of tried to fill in at one point in time uh, wasn't answering my calls. And eventually the nurses there knew me quite well because I'd had so many procedures done. I've, I've had several, several dozen procedures. And um, Finally, I called the nurse's station and I said, what's going on? So this nurse went and checked and this particular doctor said to me, I don't do RSD. Okay, well, thank you for letting me know. <laughs> um, where do I go next? Well, tried Mayo Clinic and they said, um, everything that I've been through, they don't think that they could do anything to help me, so they don't wanna take me. Uh, so then I tried uh, University of Wisconsin in Madison, went up there and did some tests and some different procedures. And they said, if these didn't work, they can't do anything for me. And um, so I'm kind of in this little, uh, place now that I don't really have uh, a, a doctor specifically working on this. Um, through it all, my physical therapist has been utterly amazing. Um, Jason Putz in Dyersville at Physical Therapy Solutions. Uh, he was there literally from day one when I fell and hurt myself. He was there from day one going through all of this. And as I was going to see one doctor to the next, to the next, um, and I would say to him, um, let me know, you know, th th this doctor said that it's all in my head. And he'd say, it's not, we need to do this. And he, he pushed me a lot too. And uh, so I, I can't say enough great things about Jason. He really uh, stood behind me through all of this. And to this day, he is there whenever I need him. And um, for a rare disease like this, he's actually gone to conferences around the country, learning more about it and um, watching to see if any of his patients have it. Because the sooner you're diagnosed, um, you can have different levels. And um, I I'm at the worst, I'm at three. And, um, but if you can get it diagnosed soon enough, while it's, it won't get cured, you can go through moments of, uh, oh, I can't think of the word, um, but like respite where remission, there you go, <laughs> where you have remission. And um, so there are some people that are lucky to, to uh, get diagnosed soon enough. And for Jason, uh, you know, little Dyersville, Iowa, to go out of his way to learn about something that's rare like this, it, it says a lot to me. Um, 
and uh, you know, so I can't say enough good things about him. I've, I've really been lucky there. Um, let's see, we uh, we just battle on, and I don't know. I've just come to the point where I realize that nobody can make me happy. I'm the only one that can make me happy or unhappy. Nobody has that control over me. So I choose every day to wake up and tell myself, you know, I choose joy. I choose joy every day. And, um, Maybe it's a day I physically can't get out of bed, but there are still other things I can do. Um, you know, I still have a mind, I still have a voice and I can do, I can do things there too. I can pray, I can, uh, I, I make up a lot of lists. <laughs> There's just, that's what I found through this is uh, choosing joy. Um, it would be so easy to be so miserable. And don't get me wrong, I have my days, I have my minutes, I have my hours. And I think we need those times that we can just uh, vent and complain and do that with someone that, you know, that you're safe with saying that, uh, you know, complaining to, whether it's my husband or my mom or whoever. But I don't stay in that misery. I, I, I choose joy. I'm kind of left speechless here. Um, just a lot of things thinking through my mind as you were sharing your story and, you know, I just can't help, but just hearing your voice, I feel like tone of voice is really kind of the, the pathway to one soul. Right. Mm -hmm. And in how you speak, it just, I hear the joy in your voice in what is really a, a debilitating disease. And honestly, as you said, you know, you, you choosing joy, it's you're living and breathing and I can hear it in your voice. And honestly, I, I'm thinking I, I kind of would be expecting almost like bitterness. Do you know what I mean? Because Absolutely. it's such a, it's, it's almost like the, the, that day, the, the life you had before that day versus the life you have now. And I'm thinking about like, you mentioned vibrations and just like children laughing, like something we take for such, we take for granted. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just like trying to collect my thoughts here. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. And can I just ask too, like when you, when you had that injury, I, I took it, you were alone. Cause you said you were going to have yeah. 45 minutes to yourself. So did you, did you know the extent of your injuries after it happened? No, no I didn't. Um, did you get up from where you were? Did you try to see one? I did. I got up and I actually drove myself uh, to a chiropractor. And thankfully he said, you know what? Let's take an x-ray. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. That in itself is a miracle, right? Yeah. I mean, you are, wow. Okay. And, and it was from the injury that mm -hmm. impacted the, the spine Yes. to then create or to result in the, the disease. Is that right? That's the thing. It's hard to say if it was the injury or if it was the surgery. Um, many people that have this disease uh, it's from perhaps a broken bone or a burn or some type of injury like that or a surgery. 
Um, but, but there's been people that have even had like a high fever that has sparked this. So they don't really know what causes this. Um, they do know that there's some connection between the nervous system and the immune system. Um, but they, they can't say for sure. Um, the sympathetic nervous system is what they used to think that it affected solely, but now they realize that it affects more than just the sympathetic nervous system. Interesting. When I think of sympathetic from what I know, it could be totally different, but it's kind of that the stress response, like the fight or flight, is that still related to that? So, so that makes sense. Like your body's in that constant state, which makes sense for your, the, 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 the responses you're feeling are that when, when you have the days where you're unable to get out of bed or you're just really at a a low point, have you noticed, is there anything that like triggers anything or is it just, you're fine one moment and the next moment? No, it's usually, um, actually weather affects it a lot. So when I'm feeling, and I live in Iowa, (laughs) um, when I'm feeling a a storm front coming through, uh, with, a high pressure system, a low pressure system. Um, so really it's all throughout the year, but it's much worse in the winter time. Um, the, those, those pressure systems really, really affect it. I used to hear, you know, older people say, oh, I feel the weather in my knees or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of the barometer now. <laughs> But now it was explained to me by one uh, doctor that RSD is kind of like, um, so you have an injury where you get your arm cut off and pain, your arm goes pain, 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 pain. Well, that's a good thing that we know that there's pain, that something happened. And eventually when you get the medical care and all of that your brain says okay pain pain you know it slows down it's not the constant pain 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 it slows down Mm -hmm. well with this disease it doesn't stop that initial injury where it's saying pain 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 it continues at that high level. And is it, you mentioned it was in your arm that was the swelling. Were there other of your body that you'd have a physical response like that? Yeah. um, Also on my left side, down in my foot, I am starting to um, have some issues too, uh, which it's not uncommon for it to spread. Unfortunately, there are people that actually have full body RSD and, uh, God bless them. I don't, whenever I think of how bad something is for me, I just know that there are people that are so much worse off. Um, not that that makes me feel better, (laughs) but there are many people out there that have things far worse. And uh, I, I guess you just have to learn how to deal with what you've been given. I, um, I would never choose this, but I have it. I wouldn't ever ask somebody to take it from me because I wouldn't want it on someone else. And I would never um, certainly would never wish it on anyone else. Um, but if there's anybody out there that has it, I'm here and willing to talk and commiserate. Um, that's a big thing. Just knowing someone else that has it, that it's not just you is such a, 
a relief like I can't explain. Um, that's, there is a community out there uh, on the internet. Um, some of them I've had to kind of pull back from. I, over the years, you know, you get to be friends with some people and uh, then several of them take their own lives and it gets tough that you have to step back from that for a while. Um, not that I don't wanna be there to help someone. I just have to worry about my own mental health too. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's not easy on families. So then there are families out there that, you know, their spouse or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, doesn't stick with them. Um, a lot of people with this don't have jobs. Um, I I'm not able to keep a job. I was volunteering for quite a while, um, but I couldn't even, it it's, it's difficult to say, hey, I'll be there every Tuesday and Thursday, you know, at this time. Mm -hmm. um, so when you're dealing with somebody uh, with issues like this, you have to be very adaptable. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm very lucky. I'm very, very lucky. Uh, I have so many wonderful people around me that are very understanding and you know, if I'm having a bad day, they, they know and understand, which is wonderful. Um, yeah. Can you share a little bit about your faith and what that has meant for you with what you've experienced? Well, I feel like I've had faith my whole life. But until I had this, it was nowhere near as deep. I believe I was, was not diagnosed yet. So I was still in that in-between stage where I didn't know what I had, um, if, you know, if it was something I was going to get over, if it was, you know, I mean, I knew nothing. And just one day, I literally hit the floor, face to the floor and went, okay, God, I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. I need you. And that was a huge turning point for me to be able to give up that uh, false sense of control <laughs> that I had. And I was just able to just leave it into his hands and let him do with me what he wanted. I mean, none of us on this planet were ever promised that we were going to have a perfect, wonderful, everything's great life. As a matter of fact, I kind of remember reading something about um, take up your cross and follow me. <laughs> um, and so we were all kind of promised crosses in this life. And this is mine. And I, I don't always carry it gracefully or graciously. Uh, but I do try my best. I stumble. Even Jesus stumbled three times. So if he can stumble three times, I can stumble how many. So um, is I, I've been very uh, fortunate. I have a group of girlfriends that um, we do a Bible study every week. And um, 
they're amazing. And they have helped me learn more about my faith on the, uh, like educational level, you know, to, to learn. Um, and then I've reached out and I have a spiritual director, uh, a former priest of mine. Uh, and I get to deepen my faith all the time. And it's so much easier to choose joy when you wake up knowing whose child you are. And, you know, I'm a princess. My dad's the king, you know? And uh, it, it's so much easier to live life. Not relying on others to make you happy because they can't. You're the only one in control of that. So that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. And what would you say to someone who goes through or knows someone who's experienced a hardship? Do you have any thoughts of encouragement? Good question. <laughs> well, know that you're not in it alone. There's nothing on this planet that hasn't happened before, you know? So while someone isn't living your exact life, there are so many things that you are going through that you have gone through that somebody else has as well. And reach out, reach out to somebody else. Um, if you don't want, find what you want or what you need in the first person, look at a second, a third, a fourth. Um, there are people out there to support you, to love you, and that goes with doctors too, as far as that goes. Don't stop with one doctor. Um, for me, any doctor that can say, I don't have the answers, I don't know, is kind of a keeper. <laughs> Um, any doctor that's willing to say they don't know, but they're going to do the research, they're going to try to help you out, rather than the ones that say, well, I don't know what it is, so it must be in your head. Um, just keep looking, just keep trying. It, it never stop. Do you have a song that lifts you up? or a motivational quote that you appreciate? Yeah. Um, songs, I'm kind of eclectic. Um, so it depends on my mood. If, if I'm, you know, feeling feisty and joyful, then I want to hear Happy by Pharrell, you know? If I, um, if I'm kind of, frustrated and angry well then I want to hear one of those pissed off songs you know um, that's there was a song when I first started uh down this path uh I don't know that I, I think it was shortly after I broke my neck I uh came across a song by Casting Crowns called I'll Praise You in This Storm and I just felt like they wrote that because they knew what was in my head, you know? Um, so there's, there's a lot of songs. It just depends on the mood that I'm in that day. Um, and then as far as quotes go, uh, goodness, there are a lot of really good ones. Um, The boiling water's the same, whether you put a potato in it or an egg, one gets softened, one hardens. I like that. 
What a perspective. Yeah. So we kind of have to decide what yeah. we need. Yeah. This was just such a really uplifting conversation. I thank you so much, Beth, for sharing with me and the listeners about what your personal journey has been. Um, definitely not an easy one, but one that you have such a perspective that really just casts the joy and makes us mindful to just take, take it slow and to not be in that hurried space, but to just take the moment and just enjoy it and appreciate the people that we have in our life that are there to love and support us. And, you know, like the marriage vows you talked about, you, yeah. you know, we, we hear those words, but they go in and one year and out the other per se until you have to live it. And there's always a choice in, in how you choose to live it. And, and I love that you're choosing joy. And so I just appreciate you and what you did today for, for sharing about your story. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I love listening to all these stories of all these people you've talked to and, you know, we're not alone out there. Everybody goes through something, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, everybody goes through something. Thank you so much for listening to the Heartship Journey podcast today. Be sure to take a screenshot and tag me on social media, the handle at choose your journey with Andrea and share this out. I would love to know what your biggest takeaway was. It would mean so much if you would share this episode with a friend or your family. And I hope you feel inspired and motivated after hearing today's episode. And remember, no matter what comes your way in life's journey, what you go through, you grow through.